0: And thank you for releasing me. I had a blast last week up on the Appalachian Trail with my kids. We really, really had a great time. Got to watch some eagles do their thing. There are about 70 eagles that fly through that valley this time of year, migrating south. So you want to see eagles, go hang out in the Delaware Water Gap area. You got to climb a mountain to see them, but they're amazing like that. But I was just reminded again, that scripture out of Isaiah kept coming to mind that waiting on the Lord is for the purpose of renewing our strength so that we could do things that we couldn't have done without the Lord. And as those eagles catch those updrafts, they're just magnificent to watch them in action. Um, I don't know about you, but I needed that encouragement from the Lord this morning. I take as much encouragement from our gatherings as I've ever offered. Actually, I take more encouragement from being around yous than, than I could ever offer. I don't have enough encouragement to give all of you in comparison to what I receive. And this morning in prayer, uh, the, the prophetic flow of the prayer group was just astounding me. And I, I come with a word today by way of real e- prophetic exhortation. And I believe it's a time when, as the writers of Hebrews said, encourage one another and daily and so much more as you see the day approaching. How many of you know that we cannot over encourage one another? There is a need, that was like three of you that raised your hand, thanks like, for that. We, there is a need right now to open our mouth and say the word and encourage one another. Not just, hey, don't worry, it's gonna be all right. I'm not talking about like generic, hey, don't worry, God's got it. I mean, that, that's all well and good, but I mean, we're in need of getting before God and asking him, could you fill my mouth? with something that will bring courage back to someone who's lost it. Would you open my lips to fill somebody's ears with a word in due season. A friend of mine sent me a word the other day by way of text, and it came right at a moment when the the enemy, how many of you just, uh, just by show of hands, how many of you recently have been experiencing an unusual amount of words from the accuser of the brethren? like? coming at you endeavoring to convince you for example maybe not even saved maybe you should just quit maybe you should just pack it in that was a good pretty good show of hands and I know some of you are embarrassed to raise your hands but I'm putting mine up first I've had it and right as one of those barrages was coming my way bloop my phone beeped and there's this text from a friend of mine like apples of gold and settings of silver is a word in due season and we need to be speaking those things to one another. I'm gonna, uh, I urge you, don't shut your mouth when the word of encouragement comes. So I warned the group I was going to do this. So this is no surprise what's happening right now. But all of you who tagged on uh, Noah first, Noah opened up a prophetic exhortation time. Would you come up, Noah, and share what you shared? Briefly, you can just share the, the, like the, buoy, the, the main point. And then I'm going to ask everybody else who tag-teamed on it to just go for it. We cannot encourage too much. So, if you shared, I'm inviting you out of your seat now before I call you out because I remember, as I promised I would, I remember who you are and basically what you said. Go ahead, man.
1: You hear me? Okay. Yeah. Um, in pre service pre-service prayer this morning, there was a lot going around about your mindset. And there were some things said about a foundation and um i kind of shared a little bit real quick that you know the latchalls and and latchall inc has been going through some trials and tribulations some things that have been going on in our lives over the last few months and um i I started listening to a guy that motivational speaker and um it's done wonders so like we were kind of talking the foundation of a house how important it is and i think the foundation of your body is your mind and controlling your thoughts and your mind and allowing Jesus to come in and and, and have his way in your mind. That's your foundation. And uh, I shared uh, real quick a uh, thing that I saw and it was a study where they took these rats and they put them in water and they had them in there for six hours and right at the six hour mark, they drowned. So they did this study again. They put these three rats in these three cups and they were treading water, treading water And right at the six hour mark, they pulled them out. And they left them out, let them recoup for a couple minutes or whatever, and they put them back in. Now these rats, they put them back in, and they tread water for six days, not six hours. But that mindset from them that they were in there, and that as long as they kept going, that eventually someone was gonna save them, okay? So the whole mindset thing that I kinda shared this morning is that allow God to come in in that foundation of your mind and just put things at peace, at rest. Because there's a lot of doubters, there's a lot of naysayers, there's a lot of stuff going on in this world, and it can sidetrack you. And if you, if you allow that to happen, obviously bad things can happen, but if you, if you can allow your mind to be reset by our Heavenly Father, good things to come. Amen.
2: So, tagging onto the mindset and the foundation, which was really awesome this morning, um, I was—we were praying. I heard the Lord ask me, "Do you trust my my foundation?" And, you know, and I felt like it was really more for me, but maybe there's somebody here that is is feeling like there's a lot of shaking going on, and He's asking you, "Do you trust Me? Do you trust My foundation that it's strong enough?" to handle what you're going through. Um, And it's just crazy how the Lord just works all these things out, but this morning I was listening to Firm Foundation by um, Elevation Worship and I'll read just the first first part of it. It says, Christ is my firm foundation, the rock on which I stand. When everything around me is shaken, I've never been more glad that I put my faith in Jesus because he's never let me down. He's faithful through generations, so why would he fail now? He won't.
0: Amen. Amen. That's what we want. I want to see you lined up. I tell you, it was so good.
2: Good morning. It's a little scary to talk in front of everybody. <laughs> okay. Singing is not scary. This is scary. Okay. Um, so we were talking about foundation. I made some notes because I didn't want to get off track. Um, we're currently renovating an old house and taking down walls and painting and doing all the things. Um, and Justin and I went through and we noticed the floor squeaky. So, um, just relating it to life, your foundation, if it's, if it's not secure, it's not solid. Um, it doesn't matter how pretty the walls are or how, um, how nice the cabinets look. If your foundation isn't solid and secure, then what, what's all the other fluff?
3: That was it. I'm so glad she went first, because then I tag team on what she said. Sometimes it takes a storm to reveal the foundation that we do have, okay? And that's not for shaming, that's for growth growth in the Lord but um, in along the lines of our mindset I wanted to just share a practical tool how to counteract the negative that the Lord or that the evil one would put in your mind as you faced a, an obstacle in life um, and that practical tool is rehearsing what the Lord has done for you in the past and what that has done for me is when there's a an obstacle in my path rehearsing what he has done how how the lord supernaturally made a occur because a needs to occur before c before d before e before f and so let me just encourage you that that is a part of our worship you know it's not all about singing or dancing it's about real life you know we get stuff thrown at us what do we do rehearse the good that the Lord has done and you will see that God's hands have been on you all the time
0: amen
2: So, in pre service prayer, we were also talking about our worship and facing battles. And in the Bible, when they faced a battle, the, the music team and the worshipers led the front line. And that was getting their focus on the Lord instead of the battle, because the, the Bible says the battle belongs to the Lord. So, if you're in a battle, put on the radio some worship music and sing, or play the piano, play a guitar. Go forth and fo- get your focus on the Lord, and the battle's his. He's already taken care of it through Jesus Christ, so.
0: Amen.
4: We were sharing about all the things that we, we go through in life and the struggles and pains, and I uh, recalled uh, a moment in my life 46 years ago where I was just... Uh, talking to God and just telling him, I can't do this. I can't do this, God, and just feeling so overwhelmed. And, and he said, you're right. And you're like, it caught me from Him. minute. Wait, what do you mean you're right that I can't do this? And he said, you're right. You can't do this without me. And we have to always remember that. We cannot do it without God in our lives, God helping us through these struggles and these challenges. And also, when when he does come through for us, when he does does pull these miracles off that to remember to praise him. And my grandson was home yesterday. After a week in the hospital and struggles, and to see my daughter and my son-in-law with the smiles on their face that their children were home, that they were with that child that they loved, that they were praying for so fervently. And that answered prayer and that praise. Amen, amen.
5: Yeah, during the prayer, someone was speaking about hurdles. Uh, when the horse jumps over the one hurdle, then they go around and continue building the hurdles up. And someone spoke about, even when it came to the time when it looked like there's, it's impossible to get over that hurdle. The horse went ahead and did that. But those hurdles are the things that we did in the past that builds our confidence up in God. And uh, even as my wife spoke in the circle, and I agreed with her, was... Back in our religious mindset, when we really did not know Christ, we knew of him, but we didn't really know him, he was so faithful then, and building our confidence up in him till we received him, and then he continued to build these hurdles. But the hurdles are not there to scare us, they're there because he loves us so much. And I just want to read Psalm 36, for you are the fountain of life, by light, By I mean, the light which we see. Uh, pour out your unfailing love on those who love you and give justice to those with honest hearts. And I think that is what he has done is continue to help us grow in faith with him.
0: Amen. Thank you all so much. Now, what you just experienced was the entire purpose of prophecy. Do you have a testimony? All right. (laughs) Come up here in the middle so we can see you.
5: Okay, I went to the ladies' room, and my phone started singing, right? There's a sound in the, in the storm, and it says, Jesus, Jesus follows me everywhere I go. So I need to tell you guys, my phone started singing,
0: and it came over me, and I said, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Jesus said even the rocks will cry out, so now your phone's crying out. That's, we'll take it. You just experienced the entire purpose of prophecy in the corporate gathering, which is to comfort, encourage, and edify the saints of God. And if you ever have something like that, speak it out. The Revelation says that those that were being persecuted are, are ancestors in the Spirit, overcame by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Not just that they had a testimony, but they spoke their testimony out. You cannot over encourage. If you have a testimony, share it. Encourage the saints. It doesn't always have to be right up here in the front when we're gathered, but for sure that's one thing that must always happen when we're gathered together, not just from one voice or two or three, but from every voice in the house. When God does something for you, shout it from the mountaintops. I remember uh, one prayer we had, uh, you know that, that thing how we knock on wood? anybody do that don't don't do it anymore I'm going to tell you why it's pagan it's a pagan practice you know where it comes from this is where I was a folklore major and Jesus taught me some things before I knew Jesus this is so that the evil spirits won't hear the good news you're sharing and cause it to stop this is a pagan way of telling those of covering it up so the evil spirits don't hear and ruin the testimony did you know that Some of you did because I shared that once before. We need to share our testimonies and not be ashamed of what we're holding on in hope for, what we're standing in faith for, all of those things. We need to be proclaiming the word of the Lord and not being afraid of it. This is an hour of... Courage. This is an hour where bravery is required. This is an hour where perseverance is required. And I'm under the same thing that all of you have been hearing. And I know it's not everybody, right? That's a danger in corporate words is that not everybody's in that season. Some, some among us are blessed right now and things are awesome. You're dancing on rainbows and skipping from cloud to cloud and it's clear blue skies. Praise God. Can we rejoice with those who rejoice and at the same time we can mourn with those who mourn those who have lost something those are in difficult season right now something just happened or things have continued to happen And, and we can be doing both at the same time but as we were praying I was reminded of something else I believe I've shared with you before but it came from an interview with a navy seal who was just describing their training process and how you become an elite warrior. And I know all the special ops guys go through the same basic kind of thing. But he was saying about this, we have this expression where we say I was pushed beyond my limits. And I never thought of it before, but he said that's a really stupid nonsense expression. If you could do something that you thought was a limit before, obviously it wasn't your limit. It was a self-imposed limitation you had because you didn't believe in yourself or in our case you didn't believe in god you didn't trust that god would do it and there are these moments throughout biblical history and we're in such a moment right now i know that nobody's writing the bible right now all right so acts chapter 5676 is being written right now as we speak yes that was a random number i just came up with and we're living that right now and if somebody was writing the story of history right now like a scribe did we have all these histories in the bible because scribes took note of what happened in different times and seasons of the spirit and what they all have in common was a people who were common who did uncommon things because they trusted in an uncommon god they trusted that this call and commission you know one of the greatest lies ever told is god will not give you more than you can handle it is. That is an absolute lie. That is for a people of faith that makes no sense. Because if he would only give us what we can handle, then what do we need him for? What's, what's the purpose of faith? What's the purpose of hope? What's the purpose of having a co-mission if we could just do it without him? The, what's required right now are a people who know God, a people who understand that, of course, we're supposed to do something impossible right now. And history has been made, biblical history was made uh, for, by, by uh, one kid, maybe 16 years old, whose life we've been looking at, who looked at the same thing an entire army looked at, the same giant, the same enemy, and instead of cowering in fear, he said, oh, I could take him, hold my beer. And he went and did it. <laughs> That's not in the text I know that's not what it says but but that's I mean to David he just showed up one day he didn't come prepared God didn't say David I want you to go and kill a giant today he showed up with some cheese and bread for his brothers and all of a sudden everything that had happened in his life came to a moment where he did something that everybody else said I can't do it and so I'll do it and he went out and took out a giant with one stone one stone put to death an enemy that froze an entire nation tell me what you can't do with God no for real tell me what we can't do with God what limitation what self-imposed limitation have we placed on ourselves or what lie have we listened to and said okay I'll believe that lie and give myself permission to stay on the sidelines and wait for some other hero to come along Sorry, I got all these 80s songs in my head today. I got that song, we don't need another hero. I got that in my head right now. <laughs> and the truth is, we don't need another hero, because that in our minds that means somebody's super like some super saint's gonna take care of that. That thing that's happening I'm distressed about that enemy that seems to be taking territory and seems to be like bringing the kingdom of darkness is growing somebody's got to do something about that maybe next election God will take care of it God help us <laughs> this is this is not the time to wait and see this is the time to do this is the time to say what has God given me and I may not make news for it you know this is an amazing thing about the kingdom of heaven how the kingdom works, and when Jesus said, I'm gonna give you some pictures of the kingdom of heaven, just so you never get the idea that you gotta already have something great to offer. He said, the kingdom of heaven, mm, it's like a little bit of leaven that a woman put in a lump of dough. A Little bit of leaven. It's hidden in that lump, and you don't even know it's there till you see its effect. I made some bread for the Liberia meeting today, now you really wish you came on the trip, because it's amazing, this bread I made. And I put a little bit of leaven in it. put it in a, a cool, dry, dark place for a little while, and all of a sudden, it was quadrupled the size of what I put in there. I had just a little bit, just a teaspoon of leaven, and all of a sudden, there it is, and I got a lump of dough. And, and that's mostly what we do. We are leaven. Not great things, not things that are ever going to make headline news, not, but we have an area that God has said, I'm putting you, you're a piece of leaven and I'm putting, man, leaven, that, that stuff's as tiny well, as tiny as a mustard seed. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed which starts out as the smallest of seeds but it grows to be the greatest of trees. So the birds make their nest in it and people hide in the shade of it. It starts out small, it's always a little thing. There is never something that God's ever required of his people but to say, I am not going to be limited by the restriction of my own mind and my unbelief. The most dangerous spirit of all is the spirit of unbelief because it kills everything else. The spirit of unbelief can come along because we've gotten weary in well-doing and we've come to a conclusion, it's been too long, maybe God's not going to come through after all. And so we stop walking by faith and we say, that's it, I'm packing it in and I'm just going to live my life. Spirit of unbelief could come in because of disappointment, because of some kind of tragedy or some loss that comes in. And if we're not careful to assess the situation together with God, we come to the conclusion, well, it looks like the enemy is just going to be able to steal stuff whenever he wants to. We may not voice that out loud, but that's what our heart's concluding. And so we say, I'm going to pull back now and I'm not going to do my part. I am not going to do my part. Todd has so well exhorted us out of the book of Nehemiah about how essential it is that everybody's working on their gate and everybody's working on their part of the wall. And why did Nehemiah say to do it? For our children. Fight for your children. Fight for your families. Finish this project because future generations are in need of your faithfulness right now. Every generation that follows ours is in need of our faithfulness right now. So I want to read something to you out of Daniel chapter 7. You can go there if you want to, and I'm gonna, I think I might just read the whole chapter. We'll see. In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel saw a dream and visions in his mind as he lay on his bed, and he wrote the dream down and related the following summary of it. Daniel said, I was looking in my vision up by night, and behold, the four winds of heaven were stirring up the great sea. And four great beasts were coming from the sea, different from one another. First was like a lion that had the wings of an eagle. Verse five, there was another beast resembling a bear. Verse six, I kept looking another one like a leopard. in verse seven. And I kept looking in the night visions, and then a fourth beast, dreadful, terrifying, strong, and it had large iron teeth. It devoured and crushed and trampled down the remainder with its feet, and it was different from all the beasts that were before it, and it had ten horns. And I was thinking about those horns, and then another horn, a little one, came up, and it it did this and, and all. That. I'm gonna I'm gonna move on out oh, because I don't want to get in it. It's I mean sometimes you read that it's like did he have pizza before bed or you know was that? It's actually the Book of Daniel is so amazingly accurate prophetically to the events leading up to the birth and ministry of Jesus that liberal scholars insist it must have been written after the time of Christ. I mean, to the year, everything that Jesus did is prophesied in the book of Daniel. And that's why Gabriel shows up in this book. It's like Gabriel's the Messiah angel or something like that, and he shows up. But Daniel's seeing these things, and, and I'll just say this about prophecy, there's an immediate fulfillment And then there are many other fulfillments on in history. Scholars call it the telescopic view of prophecy. There is something that happens. And Daniel was seeing the kingdoms from his time until the time of Jesus. But he's also seeing the rise and fall of many nations to come after the time of Christ. And I believe that we are right now in a Daniel 7 season. As a nation, perhaps internationally. I won't deign to know what's going on in the rest of the world. I only know what they tell me. And I don't I got trust issues. (laughs) I know most of y'all do too. But here's what Daniel kept seeing. I kept looking, verse nine, until thrones were set up, and the ancient of days took his seat. His vesture was like snow, like white snow, his hair was like pure wool, his throne was ablaze with flames, and its wheels were burning fire. Looks just like the book of Revelation right now. A river of fire was flowing, coming out from him, and thousands upon thousands were attending him, and myriads and myriads were standing before him, and the courts sat, and the books were open. What are those books all about? Well, it's the same thing as that scroll I read about earlier. This is what's going to happen next. This is what heaven has decreed will happen next. You know, I like how the English word breaks out history, his story. Not some patriarchal story as some are into these days, but his story. How many you know history is his story? And we get to live out our portion of his story right now. The question is, who's going to fill the role for which they were born? Do you know the promises of God are going to happen? Every last thing God prophesied will come to pass. The only question is, which generation will get to enjoy the benefit of it and which generation will have their faithfulness as part of heaven's record, part of heaven's story, part of the inheritance that we get for all time. This brief little, I mean, you talk about a thread of hair, one hair in a thousand mile portion of history is how much time we live here in this life as compared to, to eternity. The only question is that. So there's, there's this one generation that will come to the border of the promised land, and they will assess in their mind, the giants are too big, the sons of Anak are there, and yeah, it's awesome. It, it's a land flowing with milk and honey. You need two guys to carry one cluster of grapes. It's amazing. It's even better than what God promised, but there's these giants in there. It is why we always have to watch our butt, because It should be the giants are there, but God said go. And so we are more than able. Joshua and Caleb were the only two that got it right. Even Moses stayed quiet that day. And what happened? That generation didn't get to enjoy the land flowing with milk and honey. The next generation gets to the border of the promised land and they got a leader and they got a nation that was like, I ain't living in the wilderness no more. Whatever we gots to do, i'm not doing what my dad did we're going in we'll be strong and courageous i see that city on the other side jericho they call it man them some big walls right there and that's in between us but he's going because i'm not staying in the wilderness anymore you know how I many you know sometimes god lets the fire get so hot he lets the circumstances get so bad He lets the economy tank into recession. He gives us leaders who act like children. He gives us unrighteous judges. He lets all these things happen so finally the church will wake up and say, okay, okay, you got me, I'll do it this time. Because we said no last time because we thought that's too hard. Oh, that's gonna take too much work. You all okay with me right now? I'm reading, trying to assess the spirit I'm preaching with right now. Good, we're good. Verse 13, I kept looking in the night visions. How many of you know sometimes what we have to do is that when God gets our attention, stop, like we get a moment where God speaks a word and we hear it, we see it, and then we go right back to looking at the problems. We go right back to looking at the, the beast with 10 horns and what's that all about? And we try to figure things out and all of that. But Daniel very wisely said, I'm going to keep looking here because the Ancient of Days just took a seat that's what kings do when they're about to issue a decree. That's what kings do when they're at rest from their enemies and they're about to say what's about to happen next and nobody's going to be able to gainsay it. So I'm going to keep looking. Daniel kept looking in the night visions and behold with the clouds of heaven one like a son of man was coming. You know if you're tracking with the chosen right now and everybody keeps getting offended when Jesus calls himself the son of man, this is why. Why? Jesus was saying, oh, that that thing Daniel was talking about? Yeah, that's me. That's me. One like the Son of Man was coming, and he came up to the Ancient of Days and was presented before him. To him was given dominion, glory, and a kingdom, so that all people's nations and men of every language might serve him. His dominion's an everlasting dominion, which will not pass away, and his kingdom is one which will not be destroyed. That is 2,000-year-old history. Jesus fulfilled that promise. Jesus fulfilled that prophecy. He died, he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven, he presented his blood at the altar. He presented himself and he is now seated in heavenly places. How many of you know the kingdom of God is not yet someday to come? The kingdom of God is. The kingdom of God has been for 2,000 years, guys. We're not waiting for some future event. Now the kingdom of God is. The only question is, Which generation in every nation will experience the kingdom and which will say, well, I just got my, I'm blessed, I got my stuff and and I'm waiting for the bus. Uh, I'm not gonna, it's so tempting in the book of Daniel, especially to get into what, what the fancy word is, eschatology, talks of the end times, the last days. And I'm not gonna do that to you today. Though it is a subject of passion to mine and here's why. We are not here to abide until he comes. We are not here to get our portion of paradise, our talents, the treasure, you know, the parable of the talents. We're not here to say thank you for blessing me so much. I love and I'm concerned with so many of the new songs that we sing. Because there's a lot more, like percentage wise, there's so much more about the love of God to me, the blessing of God to me, and I love celebrating that, and I know that many need to be broken free of this mindset of a slave rather than being a son. So I'm not against that in that regard, but what I'm concerned about is that we think that when God blesses me, it's for me. God blessed us so that we could be a blessing. God blessed us. Whatever we have that we've received from Christ is always in the end for the benefit of others. Everything. There is nothing so long as we occupy our current flesh and blood temple that's ever just for us. It's for us first, and then it's to be given away. Amen? So, Jesus has now been given this kingdom. But as for me, verse 15, Daniel, my spirit was distressed within me. The visions in my mind kept alarming me, and I approached one of those who was standing by, and I asked him the exact meaning of all this. So he told me and made known to me the interpretation of these things. These beasts, which are four in number, are four kings who will arise from the earth, but this is my one of my favorite butts in the whole Bible. If you're watching the butt, watch your butt. This is a great butt. These are four kings who arise. They're beasts, right? They're nasty, they're scary. They're like a lion, a leopard, a weird thing with horns. But the saints of the highest one will receive the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever for all ages to come. All the ages to come. So beginning with Jesus, in every age, you could break down ages however you want, whether historians got it right or not, it doesn't matter. There's not just one age. Many ages to come in the earth. Ours is an age. Ours is a time period of history. Ours is, you know, we have ages, we call it like the medieval period, the renaissance period, the colonial, whatever. You can call it different periods of time. We're in a period of time that has yet been unnamed. We don't have a name yet for this season of history because nobody knows what's going to happen next. It it feels like, you know, I remember sharing this with you when it came to COVID. It was something that for the first time in my life, there wasn't a single prophet that I could look to that called it with detail. Nobody. It was almost like God was saying, I am not yet going to reveal the matter to you. I'm even going to Silence. I'm going to close the revelation of my prophets to the things that are about to happen because I want to know what my people will do in response to things walking by faith and not by say because sometimes we use prophecy like somebody else go seek God for me and just tell me what to do instead of all of us understanding I hear the voice of God. I have responsibility before God to hear from heaven and live my life accordingly. And so, The saints are going to possess this kingdom forever. And then he asked about the fourth beast, and it it goes down in verse 21. I kept looking, that horn was waging war with the saints and overpowering them. Do you know that happens sometimes? I'm saying that there are moments in time where in the battle, you know, there's no battle between God and the devil, right? You understand that? Let me just make sure, let me back up a little bit. There is no such thing as a war between the devil and God. That war was over in a millisecond. The moment Lucifer rose up and he said, I will ascend, I will set my throne above the stars of the heaven. I will be like God in that instant. He was cast down like a lightning bolt to the earth. That was the end of that war. The only war that continues to rage on is the war of authority here in this earth. Will the saints of God take their authority and make the earth look like paradise? Or will we allow the kingdom of darkness to take authority and make the earth look like hell just broke loose? And anywhere we see hell has just broken loose, it means that at that moment in history, the kingdom of darkness has the high ground. It does happen that the enemy overpowers the saints, but that's not the end of the story. I'm saying that to encourage you Because sometimes we think, well that's it, I've been defeated, I lost that battle, I lost that season, I've lost some things, i failed, I fell short, I did all these things, and so I am a failure. We come to this conclusion, that means that I am a failure. I stepped out in that heavenly endeavor, I stepped out in that thing that I felt God was in, and it fell flat on its face. It it blew up like the Hindenburg, and, and all of a sudden, everything that I worked for devastated right before my eyes therefore I'm a failure. Now I want you to know that there is a war, whether we acknowledge it or not. You know what the devil's favorite response from humankind is to his war against us? Is that we don't believe it's happening. That's his favorite. You ever read the screw tape letters? You should, read the screw tape letters. The favorite thing, the devil's favorite is when we don't believe in him. The devil's favorite is then when we think that there's nothing supernatural. There is no spiritual warfare. There is no devil who is seeking to steal, kill, and destroy, pretending like he doesn't exist. He's got the upper hand then. But all I'm saying is that there are moments when hell does get an upper hand on the saints. Now we can make whatever judgments. We can make whatever conclusions we want. The fact is that is historically accurate, and it may even be accurate in our moment in history here in the United States of America. I think all of us who have lived just more than a couple of decades, we've seen a, mass, a massive decline. I mean, to where now, I, I just saw that one state, which doesn't even need to be named, passed a law where now parents can actually lose their kids if they refuse to acknowledge their gender or affirm their gender and allow them to go and have sterilization surgery to change their gender from what their biology says it is. We're there. I'm not saying the whole nation's gonna, it's just that this is like a rallying cry. If the trumpet sounds an uncertain sound, who will go to war? It's time for a certain trumpet sound, saints. It's time for us not to just kick back and say, I'm just gonna enjoy my blessing. I'm just gonna live my life. I got my own family to care for. I can't be bothered or I can't, I don't have anything for outside right now. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. And it is essential that we take responsibility for our day, responsibility for our time, responsibility for everything we have that offers influence to turn the kingdom of darkness into light, to be the salt of the earth, to be the light of the world. It is essential now more than ever. It goes on, it says, then the Ancient of Days came, and judgment was passed in favor of the saints of the highest one. And the time arrived when the saints took possession of the kingdom. Doesn't that make you smile too? Every other thing that Daniel saw came to pass. Guess what? We're going to take possession of the kingdom too. The time arrived. Judgment. What was that book? The Ancient of Days opened up. He looked at it. He looked around in the earth. He said, I am judging right now. Meaning I am decreeing that my people will now bring. My people will have the upper hand. My people will not be a byword. My people will not be the tail any longer, but will be the head, which means that righteousness, peace, and joy is going to be their nation's portion. Okay, I'll move on. Here's where we're at now. Uh, verse 23 and 24 talk about another kingdom and, and speaks about one of those horns which represents a king. Verse 25. Here's what's happening right now. He will speak out against the most high and wear down the saints of the highest one. And he will intend to make alterations in times and in law. And they'll be given into his hand for a time, times and half a time. Now that's a, that means something prophetically which I won't get into but He'll intend to make alterations in times. That word times in the Aramaic language, Daniel's in Aramaic, not Hebrew, very similar, just a little bit different. And that word literally, Zeman, it means seasons of time, which means that there is a heavenly agenda for the season we're in right now. And then the enemy's intention during this time is to make that season's story something very different. Heaven has decreed already, here's the purpose of this season of time. There have been some awesome seasons in the spirit when the saints of God have had the high ground and have used it well. The world calls it the Renaissance, but it happened because of the Reformation. The church came alive to God. Music, art, science, everything, all of the kingdoms of the world benefited. Why? Because the people of God rose up and took their season. And they didn't let the enemy control the narrative of that season. It is a true statement that whoever controls the narrative controls the day. Whoever gets to tell the story, whoever convinces everybody out there, here's what's going on, here's what we should be doing right now, controls the day. Times and then in law, that that word means a decree, a royal decree. Whenever heaven has a royal decree, hell belches out a royal decree too. Only it has no real authority to it. The enemy intends to change times, intends to change law. How does he do it? He wears out the saints. He will wear out the saints of the highest one. I've asked for a show of hands before, and I know that overwhelmingly, not only here at Hillside, I talked to saints in all kinds of churches, there is just a general sense of weariness. There's a general sense of, I can't do this anymore. COVID was a, was a disaster. I shouldn't say COVID. Our response to COVID was an absolute disaster. And then we added the politics of what happened afterward. And was—and people are just worn out. People are so worn out right now from the agenda and the politics and the and and all of what's going on out there. I think we would elect Mickey Mouse to office right now just to have no drama, which would be a terrible mistake. <laughs> Do you know... It was a thing for a time, you know, you could write in people on the ballot. Do you know Mickey Mouse was the number one write in for like, I don't know, 20 years (laughs) in the national presidential election? I never fact checked that one to know it's a true story, but I heard that from a reliable source. But anyway, there's just so, there's a sense, and that's what happens when weariness begins to take over our heart. When we just, I just can't do it. I would suggest that, you know, those men on the day, where Goliath was out there some of them were just plain old worn out they felt like I don't have any fight left in me that's when the enemy strikes I got nothing left in the tank I got nothing to offer right now I got good news for you that's not the end of the story the court verse 26 will sit for judgment and his dominion will be taken away annihilated and destroyed forever and then (laughs) this is the third time now Authority has been given, and then it's been this battle, and then authority was given again, and then came the attack to wear out the saints, and then comes another decree, and then then the sovereignty, the dominion, the greatness of all the kingdoms under the people of heaven, under the whole heaven will be given to the people of the saints of the highest one. His kingdom will be an everlasting kingdom, and all the dominions will serve and obey him. How many of you believe that's the end of this story in this hour? all right can we stand to our feet for a minute then because i'm going to also offer you now the solution i'm going to offer you the solution for it can you go ahead to daniel 11 there for me and put that verse up megan here's here's how it happens this is further on in the book of daniel daniel is going over and over and he's getting all these visions and all these things and, and he um Describes different different prophetic pictures of the same thing. The enemy seeking to undermine the ministry and the authority of the saints of the highest one. If you've been battling weariness, I'm going to just tell you this. Uh, I'm not here today with a word of the kind of comfort like we usually, hey, don't worry, it's going to be okay. I'm here with a word like a drill sergeant over special ops because that's who you are to say, knock it off going to talk like a New Yorker prophetically for a minute (laughs) enough of that let's just say enough of that enough of me agreeing with the voice of the accuser who says you've reached the end of your limits and let's begin with the voice that says oh at the end of you you find the beginning of me and when you've run weary when you've run out of strength maybe you finally now will remember oh yeah it's us oh yeah pray oh yeah worship oh yeah, God's gone before me in this thing. That's right. I forgot. Look, don't don't be ashamed. They're not a saint I know. Name any hero of the faith that I'm in personal relationship with that you know and love. And I could tell you their story of the time that they had a season where they forgot. And then came a moment of repentance. Oh yeah, that's right. It, It was like this moment, Jonathan and his armor bearer, one of my favorite stories in the Old Testament, where these two nut jobs go up climb up a cliff to take on an army that the scouts couldn't even count and all the rest of the army of Israel were frozen in fear there was some hiding in the caves there was some that fled the land because they were afraid and these two wing nuts go I think we could take them Jonathan goes out is my favorite statement in the Old Testament Jonathan goes he looks up at him he looks at his armor bearer. he goes I think we could take them there's two of them and he can't even count how many on the top looking down that's the worst kind of fighting position you know. First rule of the art of warfare, never fight from a uh, downhill position. I think we could take them. They climb up the cliff, hand over feet, and they come up and the Moabites rather, the, the up at the top going, who are these nut jobs? All of a sudden, the spirit of God breaks out, and the armor bearer starts kicking butt, and they start, and it's ruckus happens and all of a sudden, the army's looking like, hey, what's going on over there? And they, can't, they didn't have telescopes to look like. I oh, think that's Jonathan. And all of a sudden, they remember, oh, yeah, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, the Lord said. I know the prophet hadn't said that yet, but they'll track with me here. <laughs> oh, yeah, we have a God of covenant, and this is our land. And the army rose up and did what they were supposed to do. Who's ready to be that wingnut who's ready to go and say, if God before us, who could stand against us? There are opportunities that God is giving every one of us to be bold and courageous, to speak the word out loud. I would say number one way the enemy silences us and prevents us, wears us out, is fear. There is no such thing in the law. Remember, he'll attempt to change times in law. There is nothing in the law of heaven that says there is a separation of church and state. Nothing. We are the inheritance the inheritors of people who looked at the authority of their day who had just finished whipping them i mean flogging them within inches of their lives and then said you will not speak the name of jesus here ever again you show up at this temple and mention that name and they're never going to we're going to disappear you you will never be heard from again maybe we'll even crucify you and they said look we don't even need to pray about that one Jesus told us to go and preach the gospel to every living creature. You're telling us not to do it. My answer's already settled. I'm going to open my mouth. Now, do it with wisdom. Don't go in tomorrow and, you know, stand up at your workplace and, and you know, whatever out of some emotional response to what I just shared but do be courageous when that spirit of God begins to bubble up in you and you're in the presence where you now have been given a platform to speak, where the room's eyes are on you, where a confused neighbor, a confused boardroom, a confused classroom, a confused gathering that's with you, and they are absolutely lost and broken and without hope, don't even know boys from girls anymore. It is time to open our mouths and declare the goodness of God and declare the love of God and the inheritance that we have in Christ, and not keep it to ourselves any longer. I'm urging you, because by smooth words, this is what it says later on in Daniel, by smooth words, Daniel 11, he will turn to godlessness, godlessness those who act wickedly toward the covenant. But the people who know their God, the people who know their God, know, not know about their God, but know their God. You want to know how to remain bold and courageous? If we're feeling a lack of courage, if we're feeling fear rather than faith, then we need to get to know God better. We really do. It means we aren't knowing God, meaning knowing Him interactively. If discouragement becomes the source of our decision-making, if fear becomes the motivating force behind what we do, we need to know God. This is not a good day to be a come to church on Sunday Christian this is a really good day to be in God's face and I mean that in every way some of us need to get honest enough to get in God's face and say you know I don't like the way you're leading me right now I don't like what just happened and get in God's face about it he can handle it he can handle it better than all your friends who are tired of hearing you whine about it I could tell you that much (laughs) I do love you (laughs) and yeah I'm talking to me too I just had a wine fest with one of my friends the other day. One who I know will always turn my countenance back toward the Lord by the end of the conversation and pray. So, choose carefully who you wine to. But start with the Lord, get in his face and seek his face until you find his face. And make no decision, whether it's an immediate in the moment decision or a long term, what am I gonna do with my life decision without consulting with him because he has something at the end of our strength for us. The people who know their God will display strength because they've waited on the Lord and had it renewed. And they will take action. So I've got to ask you just in closing now and just a holy moment before the Lord is, could you close your eyes with me and just you and Jesus moment. What is it that's in front of you right now that requires action? What is something that you've been avoiding that requires your activity, requires you to do something, not just believe something, not just know about something, but I mean do something. What is it? Or maybe you know that there were moments that you didn't take action. There was that one that you had opportunity to minister to and out of fear you stayed silent or whatever it was. And you say, I repent of that, Lord. I will be among those who display strength next time. And I'll be among those who take action next time. Lest darkness fill the void of our inactivity. Lord, we ask you to fill us with such a spirit that we are those who say, we will not grow weary in well-doing because we know in due season we'll reap, but only if we don't faint first. Lord, make us those who do not shrink back. We're we're not among those who shrink back, but by faith and patience receive the things you promised. Thank you Lord for giving us great grace. uh, Such an amazing outpouring right now of all of what we need for the day that we live in. We'll be responsible, Lord. We, We covenant with you and join together with you for your purposes in this generation. We covenant with you to love our community, to love our region, to love love just everyone in such a way that they'll have to know the kingdom of heaven's now come. Make us bold and courageous, for the Lord our God is with us. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I love you guys. I love you. Let's, uh, Let's go do it. I just got this. You ever see the show Hill Street Blues? Remember that show? Now I know how old you are. Let's be careful out there. (laughs) I love you.